0: A lot of us think we have so many steps to take to get to where we need to go with our business, with our grand idea, but what if what you need is one connection away? Our guest today is going to tell you how that really is a truth and how to make that connection. I'm so excited. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's
1: full-time ministry. And
0: I have to, because talking that Jesus, I can It brings in
1: itself and then opens. I want to provide content and things that are going help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that.
0: Now here's your host, Kamon Hans. All right, folks, we're back for another exciting episode of the podcast. And if you've been following along with this podcast, you know we only bring you people who will help to elevate what you're doing in the world to increase your income and impact. So if you're here and you've been on before, share this podcast because someone else needs to hear this. Someone else needs to see this. And if you are first time, welcome to the party. This is an awesome space where you get a chance to discover your unique ministry, develop what you have to offer, and now deploy it out into the world. My guest today, I was connected to him through a friend of mine who is a friend of his. And as you learn in this episode, those connections are what really help to take what we're doing to the next level. So I want to introduce to some and present to others, Robert YB Youngblood. What's up, YB? Peace and blessings. Come on. How
1: you doing, good brother?
0: Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on with you, someone who brings just a lot of amazing energy and also intentionality to any conversation and any um, thing that you're a part of. Glad that you're on the Monetize Your Ministry podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I feel like we're family already, you know, we've got a couple of connections in terms of hometown and and people, so I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm truly blessed and grateful uh, because what I find to be important are relationships first, right? So my philosophy is relationship first, business second, You know, sometimes people want to flip that thing and they just want to get straight to business, straight to the pitch. I'm like, slow it down. Let's focus on relationship first, because that's 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 for long term opportunities and not just for a short term hit. So I'm excited about this opportunity that we have today.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm gonna give a little bit of bio, but I have a question really that I want you to answer. Right. So uh, YB, Robert Youngblood, Rob Youngblood is the founder of the Collaboration Creates currency movement. You see it right here on his uh, hoodie. And he's on a mission to eradicate poverty by inspiring people to live out their God giving purpose. YB is a speaker, two time best selling author, visionary business strategist who coaches entrepreneurs and executives to create credibility in the marketplace so they can increase their influence, impact, and income. I, I love those words. Those are words that we rock with here on this podcast. But YB, there's so much more. You're a husband, you're a father of two teenage daughters, member of Alpha Phi Alpha. but without that that without those things here, if someone were to ask who is YB, what would be your answer?
1: Yeah, I'm a compassionate connector native of the Bronx New York. My father was murdered when I was two. I grew up in a single parent home and that led to the person that I've become. you know I had a choice. Mm-hmm. I could have been a hard a hard person like my father was prior to his demise. Or I could have been who I've become, right? And so what I've learned is that through compassion, I'm able to speak to the heart of people. But I've had to overcome adversity in order to understand how to be a resource for others. And so uh, to describe myself, I'm a compassionate connector, uh, someone who's overcome to become.
0: I love it. I love it. You, 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 you good with the alliterations. We're gonna get some alliterations in this episode, y'all. So so YB, take us back a little bit, right? Um your college graduate, you said of the
1: greatest HBCU, Virginia Union University. Greatest. Now uh, people want to argue. I tell them, go in the mirror and argue with yourself. Don't come, don't come <laughs> over here. <laughs> argue with my yourself. Baby. I know, I know Spellman just got a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. I know Howard and Morehouse, all those great schools, but in my eyes, Virginia Union is the greatest HBCU in the nation.
0: Uh, YB decided to get on the podcast and choose violence right choose now violence, straight off the top. Come on, man. <laughs> but YB, take us back. Right. Um, you're coaching now. You're an author. Um, you're known as the, the LinkedIn locksmith. Mm-hmm. But what did you study in school? And like, what what was that path that you first took coming out of that? You know, your 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 educational journey through college.
1: Yeah, so it took me eight years to finish a four-year degree, and not because I walked out with a master's, right? Well, I actually I did walk out with a master's, I was a master master in socialization. Mm-hmm. That, that was that's not on my degree.
0: <laughs> Listen, no, don't don't play this for my kids. Like I got one no, of yeah, them. That, wasn't, just, that wasn't on my doing degree. That?
1: <laughs> No, I actually I actually it's funny. I started out on paper as an accounting major. Mm-hmm. Uh when I when I showed up, you know how you fill out the form, you fill out your application, you tell the school what you want to do. And so I filled out accounting because I'm pretty good with numbers. And I remember going through freshman orientation and one of the professors, he was like accounting. He said, do you know how saturated business is? Business is saturated. We need more blacks in the sciences. And so because I didn't have uh, too many people in my corner who actually finished college, I didn't know who to go to, to kind of refute that statement. And so I ended up changing my major to math, which was a terrible decision. It was a terrible decision simply because once we got out of using numbers, <laughs> said, no, I'm done. I'm out of here. Discrete, discrete mathematics, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. I'm out. I'm out. So I ended up I ended up doing that for about a couple of years, did mathematics, which was great because of the logic and understanding like how to how to challenge myself to think. But what I did not do coming into college is I didn't bring my math skills forward. I was like most of these kids now they're like I'm not gonna ever need this. I needed it and I couldn't I couldn't produce it. So I ended up taking some education classes and then I got into business administration and then I hit a tough spot in my life. I hit a brick a brick wall in my life and I was no closer to graduating at my fourth year of school than I was in my second year of school. Like I was literally a sophomore on paper even though I was in school for four years. And so in December of 2000 I remember like it was yesterday, December 7th, 2000. It was a Thursday. Uh, I was sitting in the front of chapel. So at Virginia Union, we do chapel you know, every Thursday. And I was sitting in the front of chapel, just boo-hooing. I mean, crying my head off because I felt like I failed everybody. I failed my mom. I failed my fraternity brothers. I failed everybody because I was on the verge of dropping out of school. And I remember going in to the registrar's office to sign off on my paperwork. And when I came out, the registrar was standing there and she gave me a hug and she said, everything is going to be all right. And I didn't realize, I didn't believe her. I was like, my life is over. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but but those majors, right, those different changes helped me to become more of a generalist in in relationship building, right? Meaning I could relate to a lot more people than if I was a specialist in my area of study, if that makes sense. Makes sense. So so I left school. Uh, I went back home to New York. Uh, I, I, I was in three different locations in 18 months. Experienced 9-11, literally. Like I was down near Wall Street while Towers was falling. Right? And it changed my life. It changed my life. Matter of fact, I had a fraternity brother who exposed me to a direct sales business. It was the, it was the quick start business at the time, which is now known as Amway. And it got me into the lane that I'm in today, right? So it got me into understanding sales. It got me into understanding relationship building, networking, and I eventually went back to school and I was I was determined. I was so determined that when I got back, everything I said out of my mouth was peace and blessings. Uh-huh. Right? And I said peace and blessings so much. So this goes into the branding. I said peace and blessings so much, people didn't really know my real name. They said, Oh, the peace and blessings dude? I know who you are. the one that dressed up in a suit. That's exactly who I was. And I said, I'm finishing this degree in two years. And that's exactly what I did. And when I transitioned out, right, the first thing I did was I picked back up that direct sales business. I got back into the Amway business and I was I wanted to be a full time entrepreneur until I talked to one of my coaches in the business. And He was like, listen, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm not investing in nothing. You do. You need to go get a job. And that burnt me up because I didn't want to get a job. I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be a And so eventually I tapped into a connect that I made while I was in school. He worked for the Boy Scouts of America. He said, contact me when you graduate and I'll see about getting you a job. And he did. And I got connected to the Heart of Virginia Council, which is here in Richmond. And I was the, the executive of the Learning for Life Initiative. And the Learning for Life initiative focused on character education and career exploration. And it it suited me because I was able to go into schools and work with students while also networking with professionals to get them into schools so that they could expose students to different careers before they even graduated from from high school. So, So all of my experiences from college, that eight years, helped to prepare me for that moment and more to come.
0: You know, YB, that's such a good point. Um, I think for a lot of people, we talk, you talk here on this podcast about starting business. And I think for a lot of people, we think, Man, I wasted so much time. I wasted money on a degree, I wasted time in this career, I wasted time on this job. I might have even people may even think I wasted time on this other business right that I was that I started that didn't Work out the way I wanted it to work out.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as I listen to you, one of the things I want to always hammer home to people is, man, there's no wasted no. experiences with God, right? There's no wasted knowledge. There's, You, you talked about how the different majors built within you a capacity and an ability to connect with people from different disciplines.
1: Yes, Yes, and and even now as a speaker, right? So I mean, I, I mean, I speak. So I don't like to call myself a speaker, right? I'm a I'm a compassionate connector who uses speaking as a tool for increasing uh, my own visibility, credibility, and profitability, right? But what I now understand is that all of those experiences is content. It's all content, right? If I'm telling you, if I went back in and I broke down some of the lessons that I learned in some of the math courses, and I'm and I know I'm talking to people in certain industries, they're gonna look at me like, "Man, did you did you get a master's in this? No, I just studied it real quick so I could be able to relate it to the people that I'm talking to. Like I'm sweet with the short term game, but don't don't get me to talk about something for a long period of time because then I, then they're gonna pull the covers off. So then that's why I gotta rely on being me. Right. So when we talk about creating credibility in the marketplace, a lot of that stems from you understanding who you are and what you bring to the to the table. You know what I'm saying? So you can't you can't you can't hide but for so long. And so I just had to fall in love with my story I had to fall in love with my experience. A lot of what I experienced now has helped me to help other people to overcome where they were. Yeah. So I counted all joy. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I used to be ashamed of the fact that it took me eight years to finish a four year degree until I ran into a dude that said it took him 12 years to finish a four year degree. And we all know him as ET, the hip hop preacher. So it's kind of like, hold up. It took me eight, it took you 12, but you still killing the game. I said, I'm all right with my eight. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, now, YB, I'm so glad you mentioned ET because that that brings us to, I had a chance to watch an interview you did for a, a television station recently. Yeah, and you sh- and you know, um, we'll we'll get into how we connected, but but this point here is important. I heard you share from a painful experience in your life, mm-hmm. a challenging experience in your life, that then led you on the path to con- trying to connect with and connected with Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. Kind of, if you don't mind sharing with our audience here on this podcast a little bit about that story and how I shaped you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh it was uh 2015 and I was I was in a rough place. Like I was in a very tough place mentally because I felt like I was an eagle in a tweety bird cage. If you can if you can imagine that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had these big wings that I wanted to be able to extend so I could do what God put on the inside of me to do and I felt like I was stuck. And I remember one night just feeling like the world was spinning out of control and I'm like, "Listen, I got to get off." And so I drove myself to a sports bar where in my mind I was prepared to drink as much as I needed to, to just put myself in a position where I get in my car and whatever happened, happened. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. But before I took that drink, I took a picture of it and I I texted to a few brothers that I knew and I had one request. I just said, pray for me. I I just I just said, pray for me. And then my phone dies. Right now. Now, obviously, we know the end of the story. Right. I'm still here. I didn't take my life. But the two two brothers in my network came to the to the place where I was at. It was in a hotel. It was a sports bar in a hotel. And I didn't tell them where I was at. I just asked them to pray for me. But the napkin underneath the drink that I was about to drink, gave them the clues that they needed to come get me. And they came to the spot. They didn't they didn't hammer me. Right. They, mm-hmm. they, they they treated me with kindness, but they said, listen, you got so much more to live for. You got other people to live for. And so I made a decision. I, I still drunk that drink. Right. I, you know, there's. I mean, I, I don't I drink anymore. But yeah. for those those people who drink, I go. It's like, like when you pay twelve dollars for a drink, like hold up, I'm not just gonna let that thing <laughs> waste. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take care of it. Now, I don't. Keep in mind, Saints, I don't drink. I, but that that was my mentality then. I said, I'm not gonna waste this twelve dollars. But but I eventually went to counseling. I, I got therapy. I found a therapist. I reached out to a friend brother who had a connection, and I used that. You know, I was working for a company that gave you. You know the, the uh what is that EAP where you can you know tap into the resources and I took advantage. And while I was going through the therapeutic process, while I was going through healing, I went online, I went on YouTube to look for motivation, and that's how I found Eric Thomas. Matter of fact, that's where the Lord led me to mm-hmm. Eric Thomas. And so I got I got entrenched in his content. I felt like I could run through brick walls. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like I, could, I felt like I could felt like I box the I could box the devil yeah, yeah, with both yeah. hands. Like you know what I'm saying? And so. Um, And as I was consuming the content, there was a webinar that he and CJ did. It was promoting a a series that they did called GED to PhD, right? It was a double, it was a double uh, DVD uh, series that he had. And I I, I ordered it, watched it at the crib. And while I'm watching the DVD in my house, the Holy Spirit said, bring ET to Richmond. So as clear as me talking to you i heard the holy spirit say that to me and i was like hold up how and i'm ha- i'm talking back i'm like how am i gonna do that i know i'm the connector but how am i gonna do that and so i reached out to a couple ladies that i knew that were from detroit and i asked them if they knew of eric thomas they knew of an eric thomas who was a pastor who, who who was you know in detroit but it was an et the hip-hop preacher and it wasn't until one connection we talked about one connection away it wasn't until one connection led to another connection where i was on the phone with this brother and he says oh yeah by the way eric thomas is my mentor i'm in my car about to have a hallelujah shout out and then one led thing one thing led to another i got connected to cj Quinney, talked to him on the phone cj is et's right hand man i was going in about how sweet i was and and, and, and what I was striving to do. And CJ said the most powerful words to me that changed the game. He said, you sound like a real sharp guy. Like You got a lot of great things going on. He said, but 98 percent of people never follow up. Don't be a part of the 98 percent. He hangs up the phone. Now, brother, you know where we from.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're not going to disrespect yeah. me yeah, like, like that. Like, where, who are you talking to? <laughs> I wasn't going to follow so up. We, I, I'm like, I'm, I just need to travel the way you are so we can throw hands because you're yeah. not going to disrespect me. Now, I didn't throw hands, but, but I did make my way from Richmond, Virginia to St. Louis, Missouri in 2016 for the first stop of the Average Scale Phenomenal Wheel Tour, and my whole life changed as a result of that. I had no money. I was using PayPal credit to fund my operation. But I reached out to two gentlemen in my network, because see, in my mind, I was going to be the president of Virginia Union, the greatest HBCU in the nation. And I said, well, if you're going to be president of a college why be? you better get good at asking people for money. And so I asked these brothers the most powerful question, would you be open to investing in my professional development? See, I'm a firm believer that you gotta be you gotta be really crafty with your words, because if I would have said, "Hey, can I borrow a couple of dollars?" they would have been like, "Nah, we not in the borrowing business." Yeah. But these were mentors of mine, and the fact that I said invest in my professional development, all they had to do was find out and say, "Okay, well, how much you need?" I told them. They blessed me with what they had, and that was enough for gas, money, and food to go from Richmond, Virginia to St. Louis for my life to change, for me now to be in a position to change in the lives of other people. So that's, that's you know, that's a part of the story.
0: Wow. I don't know about y'all, man. I'm fascinated. This story, uh, YB, just the, the, the connections and how God uses, you know, the detours and the stops and, and all of it, right? But you, you mentioned you're the connector. Mm-hmm. who was the first person to call you the connector where did you first get that
1: uh oh, man. Name? yeah tell
0: us yeah so the first
1: person who gave who gave me that word the, the connector was god okay because i was laid off from a non-profit position in 2012 it was august august 15th, 2012 very significant date my last day at working at this non-profit and i walked out with tears flowing down my face you know married with two young girls not knowing what the future held, but knowing who held my future. And I prayed to God that he would deposit in me something that would allow me to live for him while Mm -hmm. utilizing my gifts and talents to be a blessing to others. And he deposited YB Connects into my spirit. YB for who I am Mm -hmm. and connects for what I do, which meant that every time I built my business, I was operating in purpose. Right, mm-hmm. and so and so it it allowed for me to become a magnet. Now, now honestly, I was building off of some previous experience, right? I had some experience. I was uh, uh, on the on the street team for Def Jam. I was promoting and connecting people on LinkedIn, but I never really saw myself as the connector until God gave me that name. As a matter of fact, before then, I was YB the motivator. You know what I'm saying? And then for people who under who remember. Uh, AOL chat and uh, and Yahoo chat and you know when when the internet first came out, my screen handle was the Caramel Brother. You feel me? I, I, you know, I, I was on my Mac game. I was, you know, I'm saying, but but the, so much personal growth. And so when I got that, I was willing and able to operate in spirit because of what God had given me to help me understand why B is who you are, but connecting is what you do. And even YB was was a funny name because, you know, you call me Robert Youngblood, right? I don't even I don't even call myself Robert, even though that's my government. But when I got to Virginia Union, I met a young lady from Lynchburg, Virginia, who didn't believe that my last name was Youngblood. Even after I showed her all my ID. She was like, "Nah, I'm not calling you that. I don't believe that's your name. So I'm going to call you YB. And she so, freshman year, nineteen ninety six, August nineteen ninety six, I became YB. Now, oh, the man. brothers and sisters from back home, they don't know no YB. They know now because they see me on social, but they don't know no YB. They know me as that's what my mama called me when I had to come home before the lights before the lights <laughs> come on.
0: Probably, probably, with your government name? My full government. My yes. full
1: government. Yes, my sir. Full government. You feel me? And so, and so. That piece, in terms of understanding YB, right? Just YB leveraging those long-term relationships and then connect, and that's where it came from. That YB connect. So I would say God, God was the first one to, to call me that. But then I, I became a magnet. Mm-hmm. I didn't go chasing after my first few clients, and and when I when I got the business, matter of fact, I didn't even become an official business EIN number, all that stuff until March of 2013. Wow. I hope there's a statute, a limitation. I don't want to no, buy no, 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 no. income for my income I made in 2012. But no, the no. point I'm making is those relationships were I was attracted. One young lady I went to I went to school with. She she reached out. She saw I was doing a lot with LinkedIn, and she said, um, "YB, can you help me use LinkedIn to to get my next job?" I said, "Absolutely." So we agreed on a time, and I agreed on a price. And then she reaches back out and says, can my boyfriend come? I say, sure, absolutely. So we meet. And at the end of the one hour session, she writes me a check for a hundred bucks. I'm like, hold up. I'm about to be rich because I never made a hundred dollars in an hour in my life. And then I got I attracted another opportunity and another opportunity. And another. So I'm saying all that to say the YB connects fit who I was because I didn't have to work super hard to do the things that was already ingrained and placed in me to do my gift. I was able to operate in my gift and my gift began to make room for me. I love Our
0: guest today is uh YB um, and, and YB one of the things that I want you to help us with. So it's one thing to know, this is what I do, yes. right? I'm a connector, right? This is what I do. The challenge for some of us is now: How do I monetize that? Yeah. How do I package that? Right. So yeah. you gave us an example, mm-hmm. right? You package it into coaching, an yeah. hour. Like, how did you package it, and then what are some of the ways you've continued to package that connector in ways that people understand so they can pay you?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I recently launched a uh, a public relations firm. Mm-hmm. And I noticed how easy it is for me to make money off the public relations versus what I was doing in building YB Connects, because a lot of people could not fathom, they could not understand how do you monetize being a connector, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't explain it in the beginning. And then I figured it out that I was a relationship broker. So if you think about a broker, insurance broker, real estate broker, right? People who are able to connect parties and get paid for doing so. That's what YB Connects became. But then I was uh, astute in using the most powerful networking uh, platform on the planet, and that was LinkedIn. So what I realized was that because there were people who lacked the knowledge and the skill to use that platform, I just created a coaching package or a consultant package for, for me to charge them to teach them how to use it. Mm-hmm. My very first client, 50 bucks. I, I had a conversation with one of my clients. Her name is Pam. And uh, she went to the second greatest HBCU in the nation. She went to North Carolina a for those of you, know you what I'm keep, saying? Keep, keep I'm causing problems today, right? But 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 this was a powerful, powerful situation. So I had I had been doing my LinkedIn work. And, you know, this was several years after I gotten started. And she approached me. She said, YB, I'm launching this program I want to increase my visibility, but I just don't know how to use LinkedIn. Can you help me? I said, absolutely, Pam. We can make something work. And when I told her the the, the amount for the package, oh, it changed my life, her response.
0: What did she say?
1: She said, that's it? Hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, that's it, right? And the next day when we spoke, I said, Pam, let me ask you a question when I told you my price and you said, that's it, what did you expect for me to charge? What did you expect me to say? She said, at least $1,000, $1,500. I gave myself a raise on the spot because Pam was an ideal client, meaning I didn't have to haggle. I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to twist her arm. She saw the value. And she even said, without her saying it, you undercharging brother. And I changed my price. And now I have no challenges with getting what I'm asking for because I talk to the right people. So I think for people who struggle Mm -hmm. with monetizing, I think the first thing they got to do is they got to have a concept, right? You got to have a concept and it could be a, it could be a program. It could be a thought process. It could be whatever. They got to have a concept. And then they have to uh, uh, impact somebody with that concept. Somebody has to get proof that this concept works. Mm. And once that happens, then you can continue to go out and promote the fact that you're able to help a person get a specific result with your concept. Now it's no longer theory, because if anybody reached out and asked me, well, why should I work with you? Well, the last person I worked with, she was able to get a full time job of what I showed her using LinkedIn or the organization that brought me in to speak for 45 minutes. This is what they said about it. So I'm not here to blow smoke. Go talk to them. And that's what's called creating the credibility in the marketplace. Because the challenge for most people is the reason why they don't get the business is they don't believe that it works. Right? They got the ideas in their head, but they never executed on it to show people that it works. So they don't believe it works. So the moment you put it out into the marketplace and somebody's like, nah, that's that that ain't that's a dud. That's trash. Go back to the marketplace, go back or go back home and work on it. Or, hey, YB, based on what you said and what you did for me, I was able to land a $30,000 client and I just want to say thank you. Right? The marketplace, so now you don't have to beg, you don't have to prod, you don't have to, you know, all that stuff. You just show up and you tell people what you do. And if they don't believe you say, hey, no problem. Let me enter to the last 20 people that I work with, with this concept.
0: YB, you you just freed somebody there. Because here's, here's where we're, a lot of us, we, everyone you, you talk to, every entrepreneur, business person, speaker, author, we all wrestle with a little bit of doubt. We mm-hmm. all wrestle with that. And mm-hmm. what you're saying is take what you have, get that concept, yes, and go out and get some proof for that. Help somebody. Like, let them get the experience and the testimonial to say this works. Because what mm-hmm. that does for you is it grows your belief yes and then you go to the next and it grows your belief so will negativity will negativity stop no it'll stop. It, won't keep it will stop it will keep coming it'll keep coming but you got evidence for yourself mm-hmm. so that's what you needed for first and mm-hmm. then you share that evidence No, man i work with 20 people who took their family life from this to this took their health from this to this took their mm-hmm. finances from this to this so i'm comfortable charging and then another tip you just gave us is and listen, be, one of the questions I get over and over and over is always about pricing. Yeah. Pricing, pricing. Yes. I don't want to charge. But, man, you got to put some value to it. And I tell people sometimes, okay, put a number. Okay, you, you don't want to go with the number I'm giving you. Put a number. And then allow yourself, as your confidence grows and as your proof of concept, your testimonials grows, to raise that number, which is what you told us. You raised the number. As the market and your ideal client gave you that feedback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what's going to take it to the next level. Come on. You will never be able to get people to buy your service if you don't invest. Come on. Right. So so why was I able to, to level up to, to charge what Pam recommended is because at that time I was investing in coaching. And so I'm like, hold up. If I can invest in somebody else's service at this level, I can at least charge that amount. right? I I heard a brother talk about that and it confirmed some things for me where I'm at today, even though I was walking in that process then. And so I think the the challenge for most people who are unable to charge is because they are not willing to invest. So I would say make the investment. And if you make the investment, let's say the investment is $1,000. You now have permission to ask the marketplace for $1,000. Why? Because that's what you invested in yourself. And so now, and here's the thing, it's also a spiritual thing, right? Because you won't be able to stand flat footed to ask for that if you ain't give it. Right, given it shall be given unto you. Good, good. Press down, shaking together, running over. Right, good measure. So, yeah, we thinking from the perspective of giving to the to the church. Nah, if I sow a seed in the ground, it's an apple seed. That apple seed is going to produce an apple tree. But first, I gotta put the seed in the ground. I gotta put the seed. Then I can command. I say, okay, listen, I'm putting the seed in the ground because I want some apples. I tasted apples before. I know what it tastes like, but I want my own apples. So I got to put the seed in the ground so I can get the apple tree that produces the apple. So I think so it, to unlock that for people, they have to be willing to invest in themselves. And once they invest in themselves, they can then go and say, listen, I'd love to work with you. This is how much is going to be the investment. Like, don't say what's going to cost. Don't talk about what's going to cost because people know the, people know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. And so once you show them the value, now, one of the other ways to build up that social capital or build up that business capital, give your gift away. Just give it away. That's what I did when I got into Breathe University, right? I just gave my gift away. I showed folks how to leverage LinkedIn. I gave it away. As a matter of fact, I remember one time, you know, Holy Spirit said the number 30. I said, 30 what? He said, go, go find 30 people in the community and give your gift away. I said, hold up, bro. I'm calculating, I'm calculating, man. $500 per person, bro. You know how much money that is? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And as a result of doing that, I attracted Marshall Fox, who was a struggling insurance salesman who was in the community. Marshall's wife was on his head and said, listen, you need to tap into your gift. His gift was graphic design. And so he approached me. He gave me his gift. He, he redid the YB Connects logo. I didn't put my gift on top of it, my ability to promote, and I shared it with my network. And in 90 days, Marshall attracted 40 clients. Mm. Now, I don't, take, I don't take credit for the 40, but I do take credit for increasing his visibility and leveraging my credibility. To help him become visible and profitable. So I think once you give your gift away and you understand the concept of what you have to offer, then you can stand flat footed to then charge. But then when you sow, then you can charge more because you can charge based on what you sow. That's right. I love it, man.
0: Masterclass right here. Masterclass. Now, YB um, connects, right? You're the connector. Mm-hmm. Give us. Some of the ways, all the ways that you can, that you've taken that now and package it into offers, right? So author, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And speaker, like just kind of walk, because I, I want people to understand what you have, you can be used in different ways to monetize, to build something, to create offers. Kind of talk to us about how you have
1: done that. Yeah, so so the first thing that I did outside of of helping people with LinkedIn was I built up my my personal brand first. Mm -hmm. Right, keep in mind I was affiliated with the Amway Corporation, and I did that. But but when I stepped out of that, what I realized that I wasn't doing correctly in building that model was I didn't build my brand. I was I was attempting to sell somebody on a on a business concept, but I wasn't operating as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Right, and so when I, when I learned who I really was, then what I would attempt to do at that time, and I became successful over the years, was to find the gaps and fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. Meaning, mm-hmm. what I have a conversation with you, and I say, "What are your gaps? What 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 are the hurdles that you're facing? What are the challenges that you're dealing with?" And you tell me, then I would find somebody that had the gift or resource that can fill your gap. And I will facilitate the connection. And I did that enough to the point where before I even made the connection, I would say, what is that worth to you? Oh man, listen, if, I, if I'm if i able to get this, that's worth at least five grand. I say, okay, good. Let's say for example, I'm able to help you make that connection. And I asked for about 10%. Would that be worth it? They say, absolutely. I just created income by doing what I normally do, which is facilitating connections that lead to an outstanding outcome. Man, a, I could okay. throw something at you, man. You, 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 you feel going. what I'm saying? So, but, but here's what I did. I started to realize that everybody has a gap. Everybody. And everybody has a gift. Now, whether they've discovered it or not, that's another story. But everybody has a gift. Gifts fill gaps to help People achieve their goals. Right? So, when we understand the gift that we've been given and we understand how it affects certain people's gaps to help provide solutions for them, then all we should be doing is finding the people whose gap we can fill with our gift. Period. I think the challenge, the reason why people are struggling in these streets is because they want to be everything to everybody when you should be everything to one body. So find that one body and knock it out the park with that one body. And then that one body is going to go tell their people, man, you need to go holler at YB because he got me all the way together and birds of a feather flock together. So now you got that whole group of people that have the same type of gap and you now standing there with the gift until somebody else comes along and they say hey listen i know you help these type of people but can you do the same thing for me absolutely let me let, let's work our magic and boom now you got two groups of people that's been impacted and that's really that's really how I that's really how i grew you know, I remember some. a lot of people asked me, how did you get the name LinkedIn Locksmith, right? Now, I told you I went to the greatest HBCU in the nation, so I know I'm pretty smart. But I wasn't smart enough to come up with that name. All I did was ran the same play that, I've been, that I been, was running, which was I connected with a brother named David Shans. Right? Sleepers for suckers. I met him through Breathe University. And he found out about me. Matter of fact, he used to host these late night calls right at 11.59 PM. I forgot if it was a Sunday or whatever. I think it was like a Sunday night, 11.59. We used to call in and there'd be a gang of us on the call. And one day he invited me to be one of the speakers to talk about LinkedIn and how to use it. And eventually he scheduled some time for us to talk about how to use LinkedIn for himself. But then the next day he did a talk for Breathe University and his topic was, everyone needs a locksmith. And he asked people to come off mute and say, what are you a locksmith of? And I said, I I said, I guess LinkedIn. He said, yeah, absolutely. You are the LinkedIn locksmith. Wow, now, because wow. I knew David Shands is a marketing genius, I grabbed that and I've been running with it ever since. And so that. being one connection away and understanding that gift and understanding gaps, People then begin to remember you, and they start looking for you because of how you promote yourself.
0: Why be man? <laughs> so okay, <clears throat> this is a question that I have. That because okay, we we talk about network. Your mm-hmm. network is your net worth, or maybe mm-hmm. the other way around. And you're one connection away. Some people might think, man, I don't want to use my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the people that I know. I feel like. This is transactional in the relation, yeah. you know. Like, how would you like combat that conversation that some of us may have?
1: Yeah, that's no, that's perfect because there, there are a lot of people that think that way, right? So you're only using your friends if your intentions are negative, right? If 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 you if you and I went out on a school trip, you remember how we was kids? We used to go these food trips to the museum, right? Yeah. And you and you for whatever reason you just left your lunch at home. If, if you my guy, if you my friend, why wouldn't I share half my sandwich with you? Why would you be afraid to ask me for help? Because you sitting there hungry. Now that's pride, right? And so if I know that what I have to offer is going to help you, I'm selfish if I don't offer it to you. I'm just being selfish. And, and then once again, that fear and doubt, what would they say? And I had to go through a lot of that in building my Amway business. I had to, you know, because I didn't understand that what I was offering had nothing to do with the business. It had everything to do with giving your your opportunity away, and not everybody's going to want the opportunity, right? So if they say no, they're not saying no to me. They're saying no to the opportunity. But back then, I didn't realize that. I took every no personally. I was like, man, they don't like me, They they think it's a scam. No, it's their lack of understanding and knowledge that tells them no. And it was my inability to communicate, to connect to a gap that they had. I was simply going through the motions of what they taught me to say. But now, if a person, if I ask people a certain question, I'm like, this person don't qualify. Like, so why am I pushing it? Like, you know what I'm saying? So there is a difference between transactional and transformational. Mm -hmm. And if I know for a fact that the people that I helped was transformed, I'm selfish if I don't reach out to some more people to help them get those same results because of fear and doubt. Now, the only thing that a person can say is yes or no. But the answer is always no if you don't ask. And then there's only really five reasons why people say no. There's only five reasons. Oh, and, I'll, and I'll break it down for you, right? The first reason is if they don't want it. So I don't eat Brussels sprouts. I'll come to your house. You can have the greatest. You can have a gravy on your Brussels sprouts. You can have barbecue sauce. You can put some some soy sauce, duck sauce. I'm not eating it. So if you want to sell me some some Brussels sprouts, the answer is no. Why? Because I don't want it. So the first reason why they say no is they don't want what you have. Leave them alone. If I'm a diabetic and you offer me some cookies, I'm going to say no. I go into a shop. like, no, I'm not eating what you got. I'm going to die. I don't want that. So the first reason why people say no is because they don't want it. The second reason why they say no is because you're a jerk. You haven't developed your personal skills. You over talk people. You cut people off. You late. You don't brush your teeth. Whatever it is, you turning people off. So by being a jerk, you, you lose out on the opportunity to connect. They want what you have, but they don't like how you delivered it. Third reason is the perception that they can't afford it right? If somebody walks away and they believe they can't afford it, shame on you. Why? Because you didn't show them the true value. Mm. See, people will pay for value. They're not just going to pay for your service because you're offering it. No, they need to see that when they invest in this, they're going to get a return on their investment. So now they're willing to make that investment. So that's the third reason. The fourth reason is timing. You approach somebody with your service and they tell you, no, you think you're taking it personal. Matter of fact, you're about to quit. But what you don't realize is that their mama just died from cancer. Mm -hmm. What you don't realize is that their daddy just had a heart attack. And so they ain't focused on what you had to offer. Right? And then the fifth reason is because you don't believe in what you have to offer. You wouldn't even buy it from yourself. So that's a spirit that when you talk to somebody and because you lack belief that spirit is on them they look at you in your eye to see if you actually believe or they hear you on the phone and you shaky right they say well tell me more uh uh, uh well um it's kind of like uh oh no nah, i'm good i'm good right and so that's why having clarity is critical because when you have a clarity you can you can communicate with authority whether they say yes or no, they're gonna at least walk away and say, okay, this person believes in what they have to offer. I'm not in a position to do anything, or I don't like it, or I don't, I don't want it, or I, I don't like I don't know if I can afford it. But I believe that this person is gonna be successful. Oh, and work. so when we walk into an environment like that, knowing those five things, there's really only one thing that we can control. And that's our ability to show up, not as a jerk. And that's where way. that's where personal development comes in. And so we understand how to deal with people. Everything else, that's on them, but that's the one thing we can control is not being a jerk. I love it.
0: Why be there's this uh there's the movement. I, I what you said is the movement, the collaboration creates currency mm-hmm. movement and your goal is to tell us the goal because I want Yeah, I want
1: to, yeah, yeah. So the goal is to impact 100,000 lives this year, right? The vision Is to eradicate poverty, to break the cycle of poverty, right, and build wealth in individuals one connection at a time. And when I talk about when I talk about breaking the cycle of poverty, I'm not. What I'm talking about is mental poverty. I'm, I'm talking about relational poverty, right? Because those are those are a few things that. So how people think is what makes them poor right? Uh, I, I, and and I, and I was actually inspired by E.T., right? That, in that, one of the things that he said was that he was homeless, he lived in abandoned buildings, he ate out of trash cans, he dropped out of high school, right? And a lot of it was because of how he thought. Mm-hmm. And it was one connection that led him to a place where he can get a new framework, a new thought process, where then it opened up the door for him to attract some new relationships. And so what he often talks about is that his ability to become successful came from two things. One, the relationships he built and his connection to the creator. Mm -hmm. And so when I grabbed that, it became easy for me to promote this concept of collaboration, creating currency. Right. So it's a movement because when I when I was sharing this with my coaching community uh, just the other day, that a movement means you're moving, that people are gonna get caught up, whether they, whether they rock with you or not, they're gonna get caught up in your motion. And as a result, your movement is tied to a cause. So people will be drawn to your cause because you're moving. And then whatever services you have that can help to support those who are struggling with that cause or with that situation, they're gonna get caught up in that, and you're gonna find people wanting to support you and help you promote that. So we're looking at impacting 100,000 lives. I'll tell you this: coming into the year, I I I said 10. Holy Spirit's like, nah. Add yeah, I saw zero. 10
0: somewhere. I don't know, but 100,000. I love it.
1: Add another, add another zero. You know why? Because 10, I could do that in my sleep. Meaning, then it's on me. 100,000 is like, yeah, that that's that's all God. Yeah, there's no way I could have done this by myself. Now, he's given me strategies, he's given me systems, he's given me structures. So, one of the strategies was what aligning myself with brothers and sisters who have a podcast or who have uh, some type of access to a, a media outlet. Why? Because now I can amplify the movement, the visibility of the movement, and become a magnet once again to attract those whose gaps my gift can fill.
0: So why be someone's listening? How can they connect with the movement, uh, support the movement
1: and be blessed by the movement? Yeah, so the first way is to connect on LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is where I live. So they can, they can connect to the movement if they go to uh, the collaboration creates currency movement. On LinkedIn, there's a, there's a page on there and so folks can follow that. And that's another way that I can track who's being impacted. Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Rob YB Youngblood. But the way to actually become a part of the movement is to order a copy of the book, Collaboration Creates Currency, The Blueprint for Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. And they can go to my website, collaborationcreatescurrency.com. Uh, where they will not only get a copy of the book, but they'll also have an opportunity to receive uh, complimentary coaching from me so that I can give more in value than I take in payment. And so that's the first starting point. They can follow all of those platforms. They, can, they have, a, I have a YouTube channel uh, called the Collaboration Creates Currency Movement. I have Instagram, Collaboration Creates Currency. But those who want to get connected to the movement from an initial level, is to order a copy of the book from the website and uh we can we can build from there.
0: I love it, cool. man. I love it. It's interesting. Um, we, we don't have time to go into this. Maybe we'll do another one. But I love the fact that the book itself is a collaboration. Yes, it is. Isn't that wonderful? Like what you are saying in the book. The book is a testimony to that. Yes. And a, and, a, yes. And, a, and a template of that. Yes. So so YB, um, I want you to we'll go out on this. There's a person, talk to YB who was just getting started. What's some advice you would give to that YB today, talking then?
1: Yeah, the first thing I would say is is get connected to your creator. Mm. Right, God gave you a gift. And the reason why he gave you a gift is because you have a purpose. There's a reason there's something that you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Don't put the cart before the horse. Discover your gift identify your gift and your gift will make room for you as you start to identify the people who need your gift so that was that 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 talking to me you know my freshman year in college i would have said why be you're good at numbers Mm -hmm. stick with the accounting right because you're going to be helping people with their business and i'm helping people with their business now matter of fact if i could go back i would have studied marketing accounting and psychology, because that's all I'm focused on right now. Mm-hmm. So discover your gift, identify your gift, and then begin to give your gift away. And understand that there's going to be people that want your gift. There's going to be some people that don't want your gift. That's fine. It don't matter. God has a plan and he's going to shape you and mold you and help you to understand how to do the things that you need to do so you can impact the people that you need to impact. Because here's what keeps me grounded. I'm not interested in going to the pearly gates and having a conversation with the father and him asking me, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Hmm. What could I say? I was afraid. Hmm. And he says, afraid of what? I'm the creator. So you prefer to be uh, uh, afraid of the creation and not the creator? And every time I think about that it pushes me to go out and do the things that I'm probably afraid to do because I don't want to get to that point where he don't say, well done. And so I just challenge those who are listening. When fear steps in the room, faith jumps out, excuse me. When faith comes in the room, fear jumps out the window. Fear and faith can't occupy the same room. So when you focus on faith, meaning what? belief in action not just talk belief in action do the work and that'll be the testament of your faith
0: listen YB if you had a mic in your hand I'd tell you drop the mic right now man. thank you thank you for living out this message and for a lot of people what you might lack where your gap is, is just one connection away From filling that gap so that in turn, you can fill another gap because you're that person's connection away. That's right. So don't stay stuck. Um, Don't stay in your own silo. Be willing to make the connections, to make the reach out, to make the, the call, and to make that connection so that you can continue to make impact. So with that, let's go monetize our ministry. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast with Kermode Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.